Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. Had a great first hour with Steve Mackinnon. And Amina Smith joining us, and we will have Lou Finicaro join us later on this hour to talk NFL and also UFC with a great return of Misha Tate this weekend that we'll get into later on in the program. But, Michael, I did want to look at the playoff fixtures here in both the AFC and the NFC, and let's start off in the AFC because it is interesting when we look at the Titans atop the AFC at 8-2, and two, and I think both you and I believe, even though they're 6-3, and three, it still feels like the Buffalo Bills – might still be the class of the AFC here. But when you break it down, are we just not giving proper respect to the Titans without Derrick Henry? Can Ryan Tannehill keep this going? Should we be paying more attention to what Mike Vrabel is doing there? Well, I mean, he's got a game this week against Houston, right? He should win that one. And we know the NFL this year has been somewhat unpredictable. And then he plays New England before the bye. They go into the bye week. They have Thanksgiving week off, and and uh, they don't play again until the week after Thanksgiving. Kind of a good time. Get himself healthy. Probably get Julio Jones back after that game. So let's just say he goes into the bye at 9-3. and three. Has a really soft schedule coming out. I mean, you know, the schedule, it, it's pretty easy moving forward. He's got a bunch of teams, and he's got a two-game lead on Buffalo with a game that he beat Buffalo in, and Buffalo still has to play New England twice, two more times. So... I think they're going to be a hard team to catch based on the schedule. 
And look, they don't lose games. I mean, right. they play effectively. They're, they're able to, you know, they know who they are now. They have an identity. They've really improved defensively. And I've said this for a while. Jim Schwartz has helped them defensively, give them a little bit more experience. He's helped Mike Vrabel. I think it's the untold. He's an, you know, they quote unquote, he's a consultant. But to me, I think he's doing way more than that. And I'm not dismissing the defensive coaches, but you could just see how well they're playing defensively. And, and when you know who you are as a football team, and you play within that play within that framework, you know you're really good. I mean that game against the Saints, they had no business winning. Now my man Jermaine Booger, he might have helped a lot. Oh, Don't get boy. me wrong, that was one of those poorly between that game and the, the Green Bay game. There were some poorly officiated games that you were if you were betting you were on the wrong side of those. You, you know you can blame them. So I, I I do think they can continue this because. You know, winning's like losing is contagious, and they just find a way to win. Yeah, by the way, I was on the wrong side. I had Saints money line, but again, you look at that schedule that the Titans have. To your point, Michael, it's look at at New England's going to be very tough, obviously in Week Twelve. But past that, okay, I mean, very winnable games down the stretch there. The last five in, in the right hand column, so you could be looking at the number one seed and. The prospects of getting Derrick Henry back. There, are, there are rumors that he yeah, might I mean, be ready to go in January. I mean, you know, I think what's going to happen is, is if he's not back, come playoff time, it's going to be harder for them to because playoff football we know is much different than what we're dealing with now, and teams will, will play them, will play them differently, will match up to them, and they're not going to get away with what they did certainly against, you know, when they played against. Uh, you know when they played. I mean, when they played against the the um, uh, the the Rams, when they basically had a, like less than 200 yards of offense, right. but they were able to win the game. You know, this is it's funny. The Titans lost to the Jets. <laughs> you know, they've lost to the Jets, and, and, and yet here they are. With you know, they lose that. They get blown at Arizona. The Arizona game in Week One was there was COVID all through their team. So let's dismiss that. The Jet game, they lose in overtime. They had a bunch of injuries. Other than that, they've been really good. They had against a, a pretty meaty schedule too. You remember the Chiefs? Obviously, they they beat down the like the wins they've had against the the, the Chiefs and the Rams, and certainly the the Monday night game against the Bills. Those are really impressive wins that they've had. So again, we'll see if they can hold up. I do want to go back to the teams here in the AFC, Michael, and I want you to t- try to identify a team to me that might not be a divisional leader now, because you made the point in the first hour, and I thought it was a great point about Tampa Bay last year, that this time, at this point of the season a year ago, nobody saw the Buccaneers rallying around the troops and then getting really hot and not losing the rest of the regular season and then into the postseason and winning the Super Bowl. Is there a team that you see either in the wild card or in the hunt picture that you might identify and say, yeah, this team really has the chance to make a deep run in the postseason? Well, I mean, you want to save Las Vegas, but every time the you know it gets to be an important game, and Derek Carr gets hit early, and then he doesn't really show up, you know, he's got MVP moments and then really bad moments, mm. you know. And I'm I, I've never really bought them on defense. I really don't buy them on defense. The Chargers, the problem with the Chargers are the Chargers' offense can't control the football. They can't get the ball to Mike Williams, and their defense because they can't stop the run can't get. And they're one of the worst teams on third down. Mm. You know, I mean, this has got to bother Brendan Staley as a defensive head coach that his team can't do that. I think the Bengals' problem is their offensive line. That's still never going to hold up. I, I just don't see that. To me, the team that qualifies for the Bucks of last year would be the Rams. Yeah. Right? Would be the Rams. Good quarterback, a lot of skilled players, 
Offense kind of in a funk, not coming together yet. Defense not playing to the level it needs to play, needs to get healthy. They are the team to me that, you know, they've got to get stronger. They've got to get tougher. They've got to do all those things. But again, you know, here they are, you know, and Super Bowl futures, you know, you got to think that they would qualify in that area. And that's the AFC, but in the NFC, to me, they're the team that matches the Bucks from last year. And right now, it's ironic when you look at them in the NFC here, Michael, plus 350. So a lot of people are picking up what you're putting down. That they're the second smallest favorite in the NFC to, to win that conference. That's astounding to me. But again, because we talked about it in the first half, they do have the talent. We know that that is, that is available. But until they figure out that offensive line and figure out how to run the football... Boy, they should be able to get it, get it together. But I look at the Cowboys at plus 500, and I go, Michael, what am I missing? I'm a Cowboy homer, so I'm going to leave it to you. because I No, I, want... I don't think you're missing anything. Right? I don't think you're missing anything. This is a good team. I mean, look, they've scored 40 points three times. They've covered every single spread. They stubbed their toe in a game that happens. I mean, and you go back, was it Denver or was it them? I think it was them. They didn't execute. I think Dak wasn't very precise. He had a third down throw he didn't make, fourth down throw he didn't make. I I think that it was more them. I I think this is a good – and the Cowboys aren't even healthy yet. They get Gregory back. They get uh, 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 Demarcus Lawrence back. They get two more rushers back. I mean, yeah. They need him back badly, you they know. Do. So yeah, I mean, I think I think my only hesitation with them is is McCarthy and big games. Are they going to do good? But look, they can move the football on anybody, and their defense is good. Same with Buffalo. You know, Buffalo can move the ball on anybody as long as Josh Allen doesn't play to the inaccurate Josh Allen and the accurate Josh Allen. They have a really good chance. So the beautiful thing about this, Dave, is there's just so many options out there. You know, and another we and the team that we always seem to dismiss is the Arizona Cardinals, right? We yeah. just like, there they are eight and two. And mm-hmm. We give them no credit. And they, the two games they lose, they don't have their starting quarterback in there, Let's you know? Go. And so yeah. if they get him back, are they going to be good enough? And their odds are, you know, and, and so what are they? 400? Were they plus 400? I think I saw on that yeah, list. They, they, they right were now, below the Rams, right? Absolutely. Below the Rams at plus 400. And you look at them here yeah. at eight and two uh, right now tied with the Packers. Uh, the Packers would get the one seed today because of that win over Arizona. The Cowboys uh, still have one more game to play to, to match up with only nine games. They've already had their bye week here. So, yeah, it is interesting when you look at this. If I'm looking for a long shot, I mean, I guess it would be an extreme long shot. I do I do look at the Niners and say, can they really keep this going with what, they, what we saw last week? Because they're so banged up defensively, Michael, and I don't know how many of those guys are going to get yeah. back. But if they can run the ball effectively like they did against the Rams, if they, you know, Jimmy G, we've, we've talked about Jimmy G here. I do think that at 50 to 1, if you're looking for a long shot in the NFC, I don't think the Niners are dead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think to me, you got to really think that they got to get better on defense. Yeah. Because that Colt McCoy game is stinging in my head. <laughs> and maybe because I recommended that you take them. And that was one of those games where the line moved, you know, and all that stuff. So I, I would be like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I want to do it, but I just don't think their defense is as good as I hoped it was. Especially, you know, they didn't put as much pressure on Matthew Stafford as I thought they would. Right. I mean, when you go back and watch the Tennessee game, 
compared to the 49er game, Stafford was under more pressure than he was. They didn't get as much pressure on Stafford as I thought they would. That's my only concern about San Francisco. I just don't know how good they are on defense. I don't see them being really – there was a period during the season they were really good on defense. I mean, when they played Arizona the first time with Murray, Murray wasn't healthy. They were really good that day. That was the Trey Lance game. And, you know, Trey Lance should be starting by, <laughs> by now. I mean, we have packages for Trey Lance, you know. You're going to see packages today for Trey Lance. <laughs> By the way, I mean, that's like the bus that never shows up on the corner. Never shows you know, up. The Trey Lance bus never comes. It, it never comes. Oh, they got packages for Trey Lance. They're going to put him in the game. Watch out for those packages. Got about a minute to go. As I put it back up, the NFC playoff picture, we talked about Tennessee and the AFC as the one seed that I think a lot of people still don't take seriously. Are we taking the Packers seriously? I know right now it's not PC. I am, yeah. Talk, right, talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? But you look at them eight and two. But their defense, you got to take them seriously. Yeah. You know, I, I have it. My cousin Vince, who I call Big Daddy Vince, I haven't. You know, he hasn't been around in a while. He's busy, but you know, he's an ant. He's the most negative Packer fan in the history. <laughs> so usually that fuels my negativity. But I mean, how could you argue with the way they play defense? I mean, they play. I mean, Russell Wilson. Whoa. We have to have this conversation coming back. Russell Wilson ain't playing good. He wasn't playing good before the injury. No. Like, he's not playing to the Russell Wilson that we all love. Well, good point. And uh, we have Dr. Terrell Julian on the green zone every Sunday after we wrap, wrap up the afternoon session of football. And he said they rushed him back. Uh, he should not have played medically, if you will, on Sunday. But it's hard to keep tell Russell Wilson that, right? I mean, Michael, you know how this goes with player and coach. He wants to get out there. Pete Carroll's like, look, we know what happens with Geno Smith, so we got to try to play him. But you're right. He looked way off, and I don't think you can blame that all on the finger. We'll talk about that. Plus, you mentioned Mike McCarthy. I wonder where he is right now on Coach of the Year odds. We'll discuss when you come back with us. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds. It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. With college basketball underway, now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide has everything you need to bet on all the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every single team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, and Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference championships, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line on VEASAN. And we were talking about Russell Wilson. Did not look very good in Green Bay on Sunday in his return as they get shut out by the Packers there. And now they get to welcome, we believe, Kyler Murray back as they take on the Cardinals this week. It It is interesting Seattle getting two and a half points at home here, Michael. But Russell Wilson, I know he's trying to play hurt. We know that he rushed it back with the finger. But is that the – can he use that as the excuse for the reason why he played so poorly last week? You know, he didn't – I mean, there's no doubt he was hurt. I mean, he didn't really have control of the football like he needs to or like we're used to seeing him have control of the football. But the more alarming thought was he was – decision-making was atrocious. I mean, he's got the ball – he's got the ball in the red zone. He's got a chance to make a throw. They're down three to nothing. You know, it's a third down play, and he throws it right to the Packers. I mean, a red zone interception right there. Boom. Then it's they're down 10 to nothing in the fourth quarter with like eight minutes to go, seven minutes to go in the game, and he throws the ball into double coverage. Like, this, this Seattle offense has really, really been disappointing. Mm-hmm. It really has. I mean, you know, and, and when you look at it, yeah, I know that, you know, they they don't have they didn't have Russell Wilson, but in the San Francisco game they were they were bad. San Francisco dominated them. They were lucky to win the game because 
Jimmy G got hurt in that game, and they put Trey Lance in without a package, I'm sure, and they got root. <laughs> and then they played the Rams. The Rams dominated them, and then he got then he gets hurt, and against Pittsburgh, obviously. You know, they can't, they only score 20 points against Pittsburgh. They, the Saints, they can't move the ball. I mean, then this is all Geno Smith games. Right. So, but to me, I think more than anything is their inability to run the football. They've had three, four games of their nine that they've rushed for over 100 yards. And, and they've done a good job of not turning it over. And yesterday, on Sunday, excuse me, that's when Russell turned it over two times. I mean, going into that game, they had only turned the ball over four times all year. And Russell turned it over twice, which killed them. So you can't, you know, that had nothing to do with the finger. Right. That was all decision-making. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Sometimes. And and the the untold story, Dave, I think the untold story is that they're not great on defense. Let's not get this confused here. I mean, part of the problem is that the the Seattle defense is on the field for 34-35. Seattle is horrible on third down. They only have the ball 25 minutes, right? And the fact, but Seattle has played – over the last five weeks of the season, since the Ram game, the last four weeks of the season, they've played good defense. They don't give up – the Rams game, they gave up 476 yards. They have not given up 400 yards since then. I mean, they've played better defense. They've gotten off the field. But their offense is really where they – they're 30th in the National Football League on third down, convert, on third down conversion. 30th. And, but we're in, they're only eighth on defense. So how does that work, right? They're the eighth-best third-down team in football on defense. They're 30th on offense. That's why they're playing doubleheaders on defense. They're playing 34 minutes. You can't play third. That's a doubleheader. Mm. You want to play. You want that flipped. If you're flipping that, you're playing well. And I just don't think Russell has played well. The Waldron offense, which I thought was really coming out well, it hasn't – after the Minnesota game, it hasn't really shined. And since the San Francisco game, this offense has been really disappointing. Yeah, I look at that game on Sunday too, and I say if it doesn't get to three, to me that's got to be Arizona or pass uh, from my book just by, by by exactly what you just talked about there. And if Kyler Murray is in fact back, which we anticipate he will be, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I just – to me, I know Seattle at home, normally, you know, 12th man, all those things. I don't think they can make up, make up for that uh, with – just how ineffective that offense is right now for Seattle. To me, it's Arizona or pass. Well, I mean, my numbers have this Arizona should be slightly just a little bit under four-point favorite. Okay. But, you know, if Chrissy Andrews or Vinny or those guys put a four number on there, they get too much action on Arizona. So they lowered it below the field goal to see how much action they're getting. And it's kind of interesting. You know, it's really – I think it's fascinating that, you know, remember, the book puts the number out trying to get two-way action. You know, they're Mm -hmm. trying to get it so that they don't have to make a decision. But there doesn't – there's a lot of action on this – on Seattle. They're getting 75% of the money, and the line's not moving at all. The line's not moving. It stayed pretty much two and a half. It's been consistent. And when you look at the MVP odds, uh, you don't see Russell Wilson anywhere on the board anymore, which is very odd because at the beginning of the year, pre-flop, he's always one of the the guys on the short list that you might think about might finally win that MVP. Now you look at the MVP race here, and and it is such a week-to-week league, and you go, who really wants to win the MVP? And it's so funny to me to see Rodgers at 11-1. to And by the way, last week, Patrick Mahomes was 66-1. to Now he's back to 25-1. to Okay, so look, I, I think Josh Allen's in the right spot here. Two guys on the board, Michael, that I look at that are in sleepy towns to me, NFL towns, Buffalo and Tennessee. And if, if you know, the, the Titans, Michael, if they can be the one seed and they don't have Derrick Henry, right, 
and all of a sudden you look up and they're 14 and three and then the number one seed, they're going to go, well, he's going to get some of those votes just because people always give too much credit to the quarterback when you win. To me, as a long shot there, I still like Tannehill at 40 to one, but Mahomes rocketing back up the board 25 to one feels like they want him to get right back in this race. Yeah, to me, the two I would go to the I would go right where you are at the west at this at the south point, and I would play Kyler Murray at fourteen to one and Aaron Rodgers eleven to one. I think those are great. If those team teams end up being the number one seeds, then I think it's going to come down to those. It'll be because those two played really well. Yeah, I think it'll be because and and especially Murray. You know, the only two games the Cardinals lost is because Murray hasn't played. To me, there's great value there. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. You know, if Lamar Jackson goes on this incredible run, if Greg Roman all of a sudden decides he can figure out how to attack Blitz Zero, which he couldn't do, which really anybody who bet Baltimore last Thursday night and lost Survivor, you should have a picture of of Greg Roman next to your in your office to remind you don't ever bet this guy when they play Blitz Zero. Like, he killed you. He killed you. It's his fault. It's his fault completely. It's his fault completely. Don't blame. Don't blame your pick. Don't blame it. You made the right pick. It's it's Roman's fault you lost that game. I mean, he had no answer for Blitz Zero in a game that was going to be nothing but Blitz Zero. Right. I mean, I love this. Salai comes out today and says, we're going to start Joe Flacco this week because Miami's very complicated on what they do defensively, and it won't. What are you talking about? They run Blitz Zero. They either run Blitz Zero or they play some kind of cover three. They're not complicated at all. They're either coming to hunt you or they ain't hunting. It ain't that hard. No, it doesn't. Right? Yeah. You just want to play Flacco. Just tell us you want to play Flacco over Mike White. Don't invent something, right? Don't invent something. But my point here is, is Lamar can, if they could figure out how to, and Baltimore goes on a run and wins and gets, you know, wins close to, wins the North and is a number one, and he has these numbers because he was, he was on track to have better numbers than he did when he, when he won the MVP. So those would be the three I would go to. The, I would lay $100 on each one of those. If I were a betting man, I don't mm-hmm. bet. I recommend I don't bet. But that's what I would do. When you look at uh, Coach of the Year, and um, surprise, surprise, Robert Sala, nor Brian Flores are on, on this list here, and you look at some of the short money here, and, and I go, <laughs> Coach of the Year, Robert Sala. He's, he's not on that list. Uh, I look at it, I go, Mike Vrabel now is at the top of the charge, and I understand why, at, at plus 450 here. Mike, he should be. He should be, right? Mike McCarthy is the interesting one for me. Because, again, it's it's the the, the – I guess the Twitter sphere says the Cowboys win in spite of Mike McCarthy. They'll never vote Mike McCarthy coach of the year, would they? Because remember, this is a voted on award. I mean, I think, look, to me, Belichick at 10 to 1, he's done a great job. You know, it's like how I, I before I came on the our show here today, Dave, I saw that, you know, Jamar Chase is still the bet favorite for rookie of the year. How is that possible? Mac know. Jones, they won six games. No, if you combine all the wins from all the other quarterbacks, uh, rookie quarterbacks, they don't they don't add up to six wins. And Mac <laughs> Jones isn't the betting favorite. You talk about a guy who can't get any respect. One pitcher did that guy in. I mean, <laughs> when he took his shirt off, it ended his career. I mean, it was horrible. Nobody buys it. I mean, how about Honey Badger coming out and defending the guy? How about the Honey Badger? He hasn't even played him, and he's out there defending him. Give him credit. Love it. I mean, Belichick. How is he not? How is he not better odds at ten to one? What have they done? I mean, look at that team. Look at what they've done this year. Sean Payton at twenty-five to one is a hell of a number. They don't, they don't even have a quarterback. He's playing Trevor Simeon. 
To me, I'm with you. Bill Belichick at 10 to 1 feels like the right side here, especially, by the way, they might still win the AFC East. I, I know we just assumed that Buffalo's already wrapped that up, but don't look now, Buffalo, in the rear view. But New England is sitting right there. And, you know, we had Amina on. She says there's no wet up coming for New England. They don't wet up. If Bill Belichick wins the AFC East, he's going to win coach of the year. I mean, I don't, I don't see any other scenario, right? I, I mean, I think, I think Rabel, if he wins it all, he deserves it. But I think you got to have a conversation about Belichick. There's no doubt. McCarthy, you know, you're sitting there. He's got, you know, he's looking to his right. He's got Quinn. He's looking to his left. He's got Kellen Moore. Like, tell me what we're really doing. Like, these other guys are coaching it. No doubt. Right now, Mike McCarthy's a CEO. That's what he's doing in Dallas. But, hey, he's doing a very good job. That's what he is. That's what he is. He's doing a very good job yep, as no doubt. CEO. When we come back, Lou Finicaro is going to join us to talk NFL and UFC. It is Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you're also going to receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line. We always love having Lou Finicaro join us each and every Wednesday. Of course, uh, does a great job as our VEASAN point spread uh, weekly contributor, and he does a great bout business fighting podcast. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblu. So, Lou, let's talk a little NFL here before we turn into UFC Fight Night and talk about what I think is the marquee game on the board, and that, of course, is the Cowboys and the Chiefs, what do you make of this matchup right now with the Cowboys getting points on the road? Uh, Well, first of all, gents, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, A lot of times we're digging through games that don't really have the sex appeal of the ones we'll get to talk about today. Uh, Dallas and Kansas City, surely going to be talked about uh, bet. And to me, uh, I, I think that we're now in November. Uh, there's been a lot of eye tests that I rely on. And I think that I can trust Dallas to be the well-rounded outfit that they are. Granted, a little COVID with their kicker and some special teams concerns. Kansas City, are they, are we willing to accept that they are who they just showed us one week ago? Or are they the Kansas City that struggled, put three points up against Tennessee, 17 against Green Bay, and 20 against the Giants. I'm not giving Kansas City the pass. I think Dallas is going to go out there and inflict defense on an offense that's a little bit sick. And I think it's a one-sided game. And therefore, that move to the under, I'm all about it. And the best thing about it is I'm the only one that's all about it. It (laughs) makes me like it a little bit more. You, you know, I, I think when you look at the Chiefs defensively over the last month of the season and they actually have, pl- have improved their play, there's no denying it. I mean, 
They've done a better job of, of playing the run. They have been more sound in what they're trying to do defensively. Uh, but they haven't played really against a quarterback that you sit there and say, wow, watch out, here we go. Now, last week against uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, there was a great opportunity for the Raiders. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson decided, I don't know what he would decided to do. He went the other way. But I think you can still attack this team defensively with the, with the passing game. And, you know, and I think you will. And, I, and I, you know, you got to throw away the, the Green Bay game because Mr. Rogers didn't play. But I do think you can attack it. I think the Giants show that you can, even on the road. I'm with you, Lou. I don't, I'm buying the Dallas team. You know, I saw Michigan this year, and I said, this is not a typical Michigan team, just watching them. I think they're tougher. I think they're they're not they're not going to just fall by the wayside. Yeah, I know they lost to Michigan State, but I'm saying the same thing about Dallas. I'm with you. I I don't see Dallas as being that we're going to fall flat. I, I I think they're too well rounded to fall flat. They can play right or left handed, and against a team like Kansas City, you're going to have to be able to do that. All right, music to my ears from both of you gentlemen. There. Let's talk about the Cardinals and the Seahawks here, and. We're assuming that Kyler Murray is going to be back in this game here. Seattle gets catching points at home. But, boy, the Seattle offense, Russell Wilson, did not look right last week. Uh, Lou, what do you make of this matchup here? Well, first of all, Dave, who's we? Because um, I'm setting my Thanksgiving table that Kyler Murray is not playing. Why would he play? Mm. Um, they went out and tried to. Uh, grab a quarterback named Bichelle off Kansas City's roster this week, which tells me there's some concerns about Paul. It also tells me that I think with Hopkins, as well as some other injuries, and especially Murray, the Cardinals with a bye next week are not going to rush him out there when they're an eight and two team playing a three and something team in Seattle. I will take Seattle gladly plus the two and a half because. I believe that when it's announced that Murray doesn't play, that the line changes greatly and I'll hold advantage. Yeah, I'm anticipating. You got me on this one, Lou. I'm anticipating that that Murray is going to play. And, you know, I think the Colt McCoy injury may have something to do with the Bichelle signing, but I'm with you. I mean, I I think to me, Arizona's going to have a hard time winning up there if Kyler Murray's not the quarterback. Yeah, that would that would be. And look, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, Dave, look, if he doesn't play, at what point, like, like we talk about, yeah, Kyler Murray's great, meet meep, all that stuff, running around. But now this, if he doesn't play, this will be the third game. I mean, you, you, durability is an important factor with quarterbacks. You got to have them every week. You can you, you can get out of a playoff race if you lose a quarterback in three weeks. I mean, you know, we could say Murray's great. Well, he's little. Yeah, well, if he's going to be missing three or four games a year, it's not a good thing. Yeah, and that's what happened last year in the second half of the season. Remember, yeah. they, they they were three and five the second half of the season. Buffalo, they beat Buffalo on the Hail Mary. They beat the Giants and they beat the Eagles. Other than that, they couldn't beat anybody because they they he wasn't healthy. Yeah, the best. Of- you know, the Cardinals are in an awful advantageous position with their record and the bye next week. So it'll be interesting to see what ha- actually transpires. But even if Murray plays. I don't have any problem backing Russell Wilson off of the performance from last week. So I'm in uh, totally with Seattle either way. All right. Well, gentlemen, let's get one more game in before we turn our attention to the UFC. And how about the Saints as road dogs here against Philadelphia? Uh, Lou, what am I missing here with this one with the Eagles laying the point and a half? I'm not sure. I, I feel the same way. The look ahead line was a dead pick'em. And I, again, uh, 
the 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 I've I've been watching these games and and my vision tells me that New Orleans is a solid team and quite honestly not only New Orleans I think Sean Payton's making the best coaching decisions and moves of his whole career the guy is really showing me how deft he can be because we know he can open it up when he has all those weapons but look what he's doing as limited as he is the key here is that Philadelphia is not going to be able to run against New Orleans and if you put that young man quarterback for Philly back there having to throw it's going to be a bad situation uh, I'd be happy to tease New Orleans up or take them straight on the plus one and a half as the line currently reads yeah you know it's the game that jumped out to me Lou too because I think when you watch and study the the Saints game versus the Titans the Saints easily could have won that game mm-hmm. Jermaine Boger helped them out with the call in the end zone on the interception I think their defense I'm with you if you play if you play this Eagle offense like you're playing Oklahoma, the Sooners, right, and you contain him in the pocket, you take away the read option inside run, they're going to run it. They're going to run it. They ran it 40 times. I mean, where are they going? They're not going to beat you throwing the football. It's, it's really almost Hail Mary throws down the field. So I think the Saints will move the ball. I like the matchup between Sean Payton and Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. I like that matchup. I think you'll see more Taysom Hill quarterback as well. All right, we've got a couple minutes to go, gentlemen. I do have to turn our attention very quickly to UFC Fight Night. And, Lou, I cannot wait. Whenever Misha Tate fights, i got to watch Ketlin Vieira. This is going to be a very interesting matchup here in the Bantamweight division. And right now, Misha, uh, a small favorite here, minus 105. Excuse me, Vieira right now, minus 115 with Misha minus 105. What do you make of this matchup here? Boy, just uh, not overly exciting. Five rounds is, I'll tell you, it's going to be a decision. Uh, If not, maybe Cupcake, which is Misha Tate's nickname, uh, can submit her late. Uh, But I give experience to Tate. I I think Vieira, little inactivity. And, of course, Tate, four years of of retirement. She's had one fight since. I just think Tate's experience and and wrestling and and floor game will be too much for the younger Vieira. Yeah, she should be able to grind her out as they go five here in this main event. Let's talk about Michael Chiesa against Sean Brady here. And I was a little surprised to see Chiesa as plus value here, plus 135. Am I on the right side here? Well, if that means you're taking Chiesa, I I, I think that these two are very, very evenly matched. Uh, Chiesa's advantage is his experience and his size. And when he can use his size and, and bully or back up his opponent, he does real well. However, I don't give Chiesa the mental toughness components that I give to Brady on the other side. Brady's going to surely have a striking advantage, and he's not afraid to go to the floor with Chiesa. It's a very, very close fight to call, and when we are involved in a very close fight, maybe the dog's the way to go. All right, let's talk about Ronnie Yaya against uh, Kyung Ho Kang. This should be an exciting bantamweight banger here. What do you make of this matchup here with Yaya right now, minus 115? Yaya has never been submitted, and he either submits or uh, will get decisioned. So uh, he's 30-some years old, undersized, and he's going in against a a big, strong uh, South Korean that we haven't seen in a couple of years. So there's some unknown here. If Kane can keep it up, he can piece Ronnie Yaya uh, apart. But can he keep it up? I cannot wait to talk more with Lou about that on First Strike on Friday right here on VSIN. Lou, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. 
Thanks so much. Good luck. Everyone. Thanks so much, Lou. All right. Thank when we come you. back, Mike and I wrap it up. Talk a little Thursday night football right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And, Michael, we have talked about the Thursday night game uh, in detail. But I want to go over it a little bit more here because now, you know, initially my gut said, you never trust your gut, by the way, when it comes to gambling. Trust numbers. <laughs> that the Falcons might be the right side, right, Michael? Because now it's an inflated price with the Patriots as well as they've played. And then we get Steve Mackinnon on well, the first hour, and I go, what am I even thinking? It feels like it might be a great teaser scenario here. Do you have to find another dance partner if you like New England Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, you know, these Thursday night games are always so unpredictable. But when you, to me, it's really going to be about Cordell Patterson. If he plays, if he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, that's a huge chunk of their offense just goes away. And, you know, the, the, the Patriots, as most of these Thursday night games, the road team struggle a little bit to get going. And they're going to have to handle Grady Jarrett inside. But the way this offensive line blocked last week and the power that they displayed with Stevenson running the ball was really impressive. And so... You know, we saw we we'll see them. I think they'll get this thing going again. You know, one but the key advantage in this game, the real significant advantage in the game, is the Patriots are one of the best special teams teams in football, and the Falcons are the worst special teams team in football. And the hidden yardage that you'll see in this game that no one will comment on or talk about will be significant, which will give the Patriots a huge advantage in terms of field position and and their ability. You know, Matt Ryan is still a good player, though. Matt Ryan can still make some throws, and they're going to have to pressure Matt Ryan. They have to get him to move him off the spot. They're going to have to make him have to handle it. Now, when you break the game down, right, Dean Peace, former defense coordinator of the Patriots, used to go around clinics, Dave, talking about how to beat the Patriots. He would give clinics on how to beat the Patriots and the Ravens. That's what he did in the offseason. So he knows what goes on behind the closed doors. You know, and then Arthur Smith has done a good job of playing against the Patriots when he was the offensive coordinator of the Titans. You know, I, I tend to think these games will be close. I think the Patriots will win. If I leaned anywhere, I wouldn't take my number because I think Thursday nights are so unpredictable. Mm. You know, I look at it here and you said that it opened at four and the over-under opened up at 46. It's gone up now here at about 47, 47 and a half at some places, 47 and a half here at BetMGM. So, Michael, it's trending over here on the Thursday night. It, you know, again, to your point, we saw a real clunker last week in Miami where it looked like no points are going to be scored there for a while. But, you know, is there a way that you can handicap these Thursday night games to the to the totals? Is it is it less predictable or more predictable just because you had that short week? I don't know how to handicap these things as far as if we're going to expect points or a lack of points. Well, you know, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with what happened the week before, you know, your, your healthier team, and then who you're playing. I think we saw it with Roman. I mean, 
you know, he's got a short week to get ready for blitz zero, and he really didn't do it. He really affected the Baltimore offense. I mean, you know, to not have a plan for blitz zero against Miami is inexcusable, and it cost them the game. It really did. It, you know, they didn't play that poorly defensively. So I, I think that won't be the case here. You know, Dean Peace knows Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels knows Dean Peace. Mm. You know, and so that there's going to be some comfort. The problem is Atlanta doesn't have a lot of good players to work within the scheme and within the framework, which is going to make it really challenging. And can they match up? This offensive line, when Trent Brown's back, this offensive line is way more physical. The weakness will be Ted Karras, and if they put Grady Jarrett over there, over the left guard, that'll be a problem. The Patriots are going to have to deal with that. They're going to have to get a handle on that early in the game and understand how they want to block that. So Karras, who's not the most athletic guard, who's really tough and helps them with his intelligence, but he is limited in foot speed, and that can be a problem. So they got to be able to handle that. But to me, this is a game that the Patriots methodically will just wear you down. And they're good at playing these games. They're getting better because Mac Jones is the perfect player for them. He's used to this. This is what he's comfortable with. You know, it's funny when you mention Mac Jones here, and again, some people said early in the year looked like when they were struggling, and you knew he was going to struggle at some point, that maybe his confidence wasn't where they thought it would be. When you watch him play now, he seems like a confident quarterback from what I see. What has been the evolution only through 10 weeks of an NFL season? What have you seen from Mac Jones that says, yeah, not only do I grasp what Josh McDaniel is doing, but now I am a confident player when I've got Josh McDaniel and Bill Belichick kind of leading the charge here. I thought the game's moving a little slower for him, which helps. And then the other area that's really helped him tremendously is the offensive line. They've improved. You know, the one thing we don't talk enough about with quarterbacks is eye level, right? That's why the yards per attempt is the most significant number in any quarterback. It's more important than any other statistic you can look at. It tells you if the quarterback's looking down the field. Where is the quarterback's eye level? And when the eye level's down and they're throwing checkdowns all the time, you know, they're getting completions. Great, 60, 70, 70% completions, but you're not getting any yards. You're punting. And so what we've seen now is his eye level's improved. He's starting to throw the ball more down the field. He's just not throwing screens and bubbles. He, you know, he throws the Bourne pass. He threw, made a great sale route to Hunter Henry last week. His eye level's come back up because he's more comfortable in the pocket and he trusts his protection, which is key, which is key. And the Patriots have done a good job of kind of getting this line to play at a much higher level. And he's getting rid of the ball and he's throwing it with confidence. And they're making yards after the catch. I think Bourne's really good with it after the catch. The guy who's been a really sleeper player for them in the last couple weeks, more in blocking than receiving, is Keneal Harry. He's done a remarkable job. Last week caught a deep route from Brian Hoyer. But he he really hit Miles Garrett about six times in that game. And Miles Garrett felt them when they chipped them and tried to get them out there. So I think everybody's accepted their role in New England, and it seems like they're coming together. This is a big game for them because, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to get it done on the field. Yeah, Michael, because you know this organization, you know Bill Belichick better than most, I'm always fascinated by the conversations that I have w- with my peers in this industry where we say, well, like Cliff Kingsbury, for instance, he gets credit for the offense, right? But he might not get credit for the whole team, which – is always comical to me for a head coach. How involved is Bill with the offense? Because obviously we know defense and special teams. He is a savant uh, uh, maybe like we've never seen before. But offensively, how involved is he with Josh McDaniels and company? He's involved in everything. I mean, when we first started in Cleveland in 91, we would all – he it was mandatory after practice to go back into the room and everybody watched tape together. 
and it drove Nick Saban insane. <laughs> he hated it. He hated it. It drove every coach insane. It wasn't just Nick. He hated it. Like, what am I doing here with dog? I'm watching this practice tape. I got nothing to do with the – I want to just get my stuff going. Watch the practice tape. Of course, when he went to Michigan State, LSU, Miami, and now Alabama, what happens? They all watch the practice tape together because that's the head coach's time to institute what he wants to do, how he wants to manage the game, talk to the coordinators. Hey, look, I don't want to run this. Let's save that play for later. This doesn't look good. Throw that out. All those things, that meeting, those those game meetings are just really important. So he's truly involved. When I was there, you know, with Brady, he would have a meeting every Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning with the quarterbacks to go over all the defensive players. Literally line them up and say, here's who we're going to attack. Here's why we're attacking them, players and plays. And I think that transposes. I see it with Sean Payton, the way he coaches on defense this year. I think there's a real missing element to that in college football and pro. You need a head coach as a head coach who's going to run the game, run the game in a complimentary fashion through him. And the team takes on his personality. That's fascinating. I, I will tell you this, Michael, this won't be a surprise to you. When I covered Steve Spurrier in Washington, D.C. By the way, I love the old ball coach, okay? But he was asked a question about yeah, Bruce Smith. But he had no clue. No, no clue. And he was asked a question about Bruce Smith not being at practice. And he said, Bruce isn't there? Well, somebody better go tell Marvin. Because <laughs> Marvin Lewis was the defensive coordinator. And, and the ball coach just did not care. And I don't know if he didn't care, but it was like Marvin Lewis takes care of the defense. No, no, most guys don't. They don't care. They don't care. Because they, they've never actually seen it run. They're just coordinators. They've never actually seen it come together. Like this is from the Parcells School. From the really, and as I'm writing this book about the Hall of Fame, it's from the Paul Brown School. It really goes back to Paul Brown. It really does. Wow, it, it is absolutely fascinating. Because again, like I, I kid about Mike McCarthy, but if he can be a good figurehead, I, I mean, Jimmy Johnson to an extent was a figurehead coach. That's Dallas, what Jimmy did. Right? He had, Joe Jimmy did it. Absolutely. He had great assistance, and that's the way they won a couple Super Bowls there. It doesn't work for everybody, but I love the insight on Bill Belichick. Uh, very quickly, before we wrap up, I want to thank Stephen Bond for pinch hitting today for our producer, Matt Santos. Get well, Way Matt. to go, Stephen Bond. But Stephen just hopped right in like a way good backup go. quarterback yeah, and everything. No problem. Yeah, and start barking out orders left and right. Didn't take him long, did it? He was calling audibles left and right. Everything worked. Michael, always enjoy working with you uh, on our Wednesdays here on the Lombardi Line. I want to thank Lou Finicaro. Thank you, David. Smith and Steve Mackinnon for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Lombardi Line. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. 
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 